Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession in Actus. I'm Carla Cordo, an editor and product coordinator for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Conversations with Carla series. In every episode of this series, I'll be joined by a guest who's behind one of our most popular and exciting Actus educational offerings to share their expertise. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Sharm Brody, RNCCDS, CCDSO, a CDI education specialist for HC Pro and Actus based in Middleton, Massachusetts. Sharm has more than 35 years in the healthcare industry, including multiple areas of nursing and a variety of roles. Prior to joining Actus, she worked as a consultant, providing program audits, implementation, and continuing education for CDI departments. She has implemented and overseen CDI departments in both large academic and small community hospitals. Sharm is a member of the CCDS Certification Committee and Actus Regulatory Committee, and is a frequent contributing writer and subject matter expert for Actus. Sharm and I will be discussing lifelong learning in CDI, but before we jump into our topic, a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by Iodine. Iodine is an enterprise AI company that is championing a radical rethink of how to create value for healthcare professionals, leaders, and their organizations, automating complex clinical tasks, generating insights, and empowering intelligent care. Powered by the largest set of clinical data and use cases available, Iodine's groundbreaking clinical machine learning engine, Cognitive ML, constantly ingests the patient record to generate real-time, highly focused, predictive insights that clinicians and hospital administrators can leverage to dramatically augment the management of care delivery. And now, back to the show. Thanks again for joining us today, Sharm. I'm really excited to sit down with you to discuss professional development and lifelong learning. To start us off, can you talk about what it means to be a lifelong learner in CDI? Why is it important for CDI specialists to really embrace that sort of mentality? Oh, good question. Thanks for having me, Connor. I appreciate it. Um, You know, usually when you start your nursing career, you know a lot about a lot of different things. You come out of nursing school really having um, quite a bit of knowledge in your head. And then as our careers continue, we usually, you know, back in the day and still to today, though, you know, you ended up choosing a specific floor or a specific specialty and you honed your knowledge into whatever that might have been, whether you were a GI nurse or a neuro nurse or you worked in the ICU or ED. Um, And then you kind of when you go into CDI, you stop using all of that information, you, you know, not completely, but you find out that you need to go back to the basics of what you kind of left nursing school with. So if you've been, um, as an example, if you have been a GI nurse like I was, I could talk all around GI. But when it came to cardiac, I found that I needed to hit the books at home quite a bit. Um, I was lucky enough that I had gone from the floor to case management where I was able to educate myself in a lot of different areas. But when I got into CDI, I'm going to tell you, I realized how much I had forgotten. So that is one of the things. And there's so many changes that go on with CDI. You know, once in a while, well, I shouldn't even say once in a while, but there's a lot of changes in medicine in general, and you have to kind of keep up with it. But if it's just a specific specialty that you're looking at, 
it's a little bit easier than what CDI has to do between all the different coding clinics, all the different guidelines come out. Um, and I still have to be up to date on all of the information for neuro, for GI, for the ICU, all the different medications. So this is certainly uh, not a job that is probably um, geared towards somebody that doesn't want to do a lot of self-education, whether it's webinars, whether it's reading books, whatever it might be, attending the conference. Um, if you don't want to stay up to date on things or you find that it's a very difficult thing to do, this probably would not be the best job for you. So with CDI, you have to commit to continue to learn. And if you, unfortunately, if your facility isn't able to provide that, you have to go home and do it on your own. So you have to have that kind of mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. That aligns with everything that I've learned about CDI over the past few years. You have to be somebody that's got that go-getter mentality of wanting to educate yourself and find the answers that you need. Yes. And that doesn't even include things like quality where, you know, it, we branched out quite a bit, um, you know, especially in the last 10 years. If you look at what we did in the beginning to what we do now, we have really, we're in areas that we never were before. Um, we are working with departments like management, like quality. I never knew of any of these things when I was a bedside nurse. Didn't even know it existed, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's there's so many doors that CDI opens that you wouldn't have encountered in your in your previous experience as a nurse, like you said. Yes. So you seem like the perfect person to ask this question to, Sharm, because I know you're on our CCDS certification committee. But when I think about professional development in CDI, often I think about getting certified. Um, and I know you're a big proponent of that. So can you can you talk about why you think CDI professionals should really seriously consider getting certified? Uh, yes, it's kind of like my soapbox, to be very honest with you. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I have been on the committee for a while, so um, I really enjoy that. Uh, but this certification demonstrates a certain level of ability, expertise, and knowledge on the part of the CDI specialist. It also demonstrates commitment to the clinical documentation and integrity profession. I always want to go back to document, but it's, you know, integrity profession. Um, so, you know, you, you got to, when you're thinking about this position, you, you want to make sure that, um, that you are thinking about things like that. It is something that we want to stay around. We want people in it that are not thinking about just coming into it for a short period of time to retire which I'm going to tell you, believe it or not, a lot of people in the very, very beginning, that was kind of what they thought, you know? Really? Yeah. Because bedside nursing is brutal on the body. So if you can move into a desk job later on in, in your life, it works out. But this, we, you know, where it's, it was in its infancy and is still growing, this certification is very important to set the standards for everyone. So by taking and passing this exam, you have proven that you can actually you know, use your critical thinking skills, which are very, very, very important. Um, and, you know, you demonstrate that this profession is important. So the credentialing not only elevates the status of a department within a facility, but also the hospital itself, the reputation. I know that CDI specialists, you know, when they pass this and they have these, these letters following their name, I know that they can step right in and do the job. And it's not just you know, capturing CCs and MCCs, they understand the scope of the job nationally, which makes it very important. But we want to be held to high standards. You know, that is something that usually nursing, 
um, we really get into in CDIs and not that you have to be a nurse to be a CDI, but you do want to hold the highest standards and this exam would be one of it. And it also, you know, it makes us more marketable. Uh, so when organizations are hiring, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, you know what, you've probably got a better shot than somebody that isn't certified if you hold sure. these credentials. Um, it does mean a lot to management and leadership. It also, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's really a, a word, but that stick to <laughs> that, you know, yep. you're in it for the long run. You're putting... You're committed. Yes, you are committed. And it's not only... Um, the cost of the exam, um, no one would take that lightly, I don't think, but it's also the studying, uh, all of the commitment that you have to put in before you even take the exam. So, and, you know, most of the time in organizations, if you have the credential, it's easier for you to also perhaps climb a ladder. If they're, you know, becoming a lead CDI or a manager of a CDI, uh, they would be looking for the credentials also, whether it's the CCDS or the CCDSO, either one of them. But um, the standards that it proves is very, very important to me. Absolutely. I love that idea of it showing your commitment to the profession, too, because like you said, there is there is a cost that both in terms of money and in terms of your time that is associated with becoming certified. And if you're going to commit yourself to that, it really those are the kinds of people that are committed to this profession that are in it for the long haul. So. I love, I love that you bring that up, that in addition to showing that you um, have a high level of competency in the field, it also, it also shows your commitment. I love that idea, and I appreciate that you brought that up. So this is changing, changing tracks a little bit, but also when I think of professional development, I, I see it as like a peer-to-peer, um, in a peer-to-peer learning aspect. I'm sorry. I'm like, I am lacking the ability to speak today. I think, (laughs) I think of learning from each other, you know, working together. And a lot of times that comes through mentoring, um, especially in this field, you hear so many stories about newer CDIs linking up with veteran CDIs and how that has helped them. Do you have any tips or somebody that's either looking for a mentor or looking to get into mentoring Because it's such a great way to give back in this field. It is. And you know what, can I tell you, um, I truly believe in any mentoring program, whether it's in the nursing career or if it's in CDI or in any other field. Um, This profession, no matter how many years experience you may have, you can still learn from others, whether it's new information or just a new perspective regarding some of the older information that you might have. Um, the saying that you can't teach old dogs new tricks, in my opinion, is a falsehood. So medicine is always changing, like I had mentioned before, and being away from the bedside can cause you to lose some of that experience. Um, so people, and as I call them in my classes, and I usually say in, in, you know, to people in general, newbies, you know, the ones that are just coming into it they still have that experience fresh in their minds and they can share that experience with more mature CDIs. You know, sometimes we we do, we learn what we have to learn and then we don't progress from there. Somebody that's coming in that's brand new to this profession has a very fresh outlook. Um, And one of the areas, to be honest with you, that I see a lot in is query writing. You know, query writing is not something that nurses, we talk to physicians on a day-to-day basis, don't get me wrong, but it's not something that we have done um, throughout our career. And I tell people, 
older, more mature CDIs, sometimes we get stuck in our ways. So if I am um, teaching that, I will tell people, turn to the newbies, the ones that don't or have not developed bad habits yet. Um, They look at it a very different way. They might look at something that I've done for years and say, I, I didn't understand that, or I didn't get it, or I think nowadays this might be a better way of saying that. Um, and I really take everything that they say and appreciate where they're directing me. Now, the other flip side of it is becoming a mentor. There is great satisfaction. In, and I find it with education. But if I was a mentor in a facility, I always thought that, you know what? I'm not only giving to this department or giving to this hospital, but I'm giving to the person. And um, a lot of these people are extremely grateful. If you are a good mentor and you're tentative to them, that's something that'll stick around for the rest of their life, where, you know, wherever they go, no matter what they do. And if it's in nursing and going to CDI, um, so be it. But if I'm mentoring someone, um, I like them to educate me also. I like it to be a 50-50 deal. Uh, I see what they do and take that into account, might turn it around and use it on the next person that I mentor. Um, I hope that they learn just as much from me. And that's even true in my classes. Some of the best classes are ones that I walk away that somebody in that class has taught me something. Uh, And if they've taught me more than one thing, I'm even happier. So mentors, I think, are extremely important. I don't think we have enough of them. Um, I wish that we had more. Uh, There's another thing, especially as far as mentoring goes. Sometimes and from the beginning, CDI professionals were taught Um, as we say, like from a homegrown program where they didn't go to a particular place or a class to get education. It was all done internally. And when you have new people come in, that's when you learn that things don't work. So it might be going to get the education. They might be going to get it. As long as they come back and bring back the ideas and the things that they learned, I'm all for it. So I think that's something that everybody should step up and do. And if you can take advantage of it in a lot of different areas, I think you should. Yeah, it's so interesting that one of the things that is great about this profession is just there is always something to learn. And I love that you mentioned that even as an educator, you still take back so much from the students in your classes and the CDI specialists in your classes that you learn from them just as much as they learn from you. I think it's important in this field to keep that open mentality of being willing to learn something new all the time. And whether that's through mentorship or through education, I just think it's it's something really special about this field. It's not something you get in every profession. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, like I said, I just, I am fully behind it. And I, you know, not even just for CDIs, but for a, even coming to a new company or a new facility, you don't know the ropes. The best thing, have a mentor. Somebody that you could just even vent to periodically. I honestly <laughs> yeah, think, sometimes you just need that. Yeah, and, you know, people will stay if they feel that they have that person. So whether it's questions, and I, you know, one of the things is, and I still find it to this day, regardless of the age, people will say, well, I didn't want to ask the question because I thought it was stupid. So in a public forum, they won't do it. But if it's a one-on-one, you know, a, apprenticeship or mentorship, they'll do it. Um, And I think that that not only shows the employee that you are committed to them, that you cared enough about them, that you assign them a mentor, but it also, I think, encourages them to, um, to stay. 
you know, they like it. It it makes them feel good. Yeah. And speak, speaking of, you know, staff retention, we're hearing anecdotally that a lot of CDI departments are facing staffing challenges right now, that hiring is difficult. And so it's really more important than ever to retain the staff that you do have. So how, in your opinion, how do, do CDI managers ensure they're providing their team with career opportunities or training opportunities so that they feel like they have room for growth with the organization and they're not lured away to a different position? You know, it is extremely important for any managers to always make their team feel valuable. And I will say that a lot of, um, and I'm going to speak for coders too, because I've spoken to enough coders and CDIs and certainly nurses, we feel value through education. It's just what it is. Um, I think that we need people because we are so used to a certain way of interacting with our coworkers. You know, mostly we're working with either other nurses or other physicians who value our opinions, who listen to our opinions. You know, you might not always uh, get what you want, but at least feeling like that they listen to you um, and that you feel like you can make those suggestions. And I think once in a while, honestly, explaining why you can't have a certain thing, giving them the rationale. If I come to one of my managers and I've asked for something and they've said, you know what? No, we can't do it this time. But not just saying no, giving me the reason, give me the rationale why. I think that's very important. Um, I think in order to retain a happy staff, um, it, it, it puts a lot of um, ownership on the leadership. And I know that's not easy for the leadership, but I think in the long run, the happier your staff is, the longer that they are, they stay with you, the more they grow within your facility, that inevitably will work in your favor. You know, maybe not the first day, but down the road, that will work in your favor. Now, education is one of the areas that is an extreme concern to a lot of CDIs. And when they come to me and they're talking to me, a lot of the things that I hear is that they, you know, the facility itself or whatever the different company is that they're working for, um, they want to see more of a return of investment before they start sending them to classes or getting them new books or getting them webinars or whatever it might be. Um, And unfortunately, most of the staff feel that if they don't allow them to participate in these different areas, that they won't see the return of investment that they're looking for, which is is a big deal. Um, we always want to keep our knowledge and our skill set to a certain level. It is extremely important with CDIs. If they don't have it, they feel like they're losing out. When you feel that you've remained stagnant and somebody is not putting um, the effort into this knowledge for you, it makes you unhappy. Unhappy staff leave. So if they feel value through continued education, that to me, and I'm going to tell you, it's amazing how many people will say that to me, especially when they've just gotten to come to a class or participate in a class and they hadn't been able to do it in a couple of years. Now, we all know that COVID played a part in that, but prior to COVID, um, if they didn't feel like the facility would put the effort into them, they were likely, you know, less likely to put the effort into the facility. So that's a, um, a strange thing, but it, it goes hand in hand. And I will tell you, with all of the yearly changes that take place between the IPPS and the OPPS, coding clinics, you need to put this effort into your staff. Happy staff, right? Happy life. 
<laughs> no, I think you're right. There's so much validation, A, and staff feeling like they're being heard, and B, and feeling like they're being invested in. That they, like you said, they don't want to put the effort in if they feel like the effort's not being put into them. So giving them opportunities for training and continuing education and professional development is just a really great way to make your staff feel like you're investing in them, I think. Yes. And it doesn't have to be expensive. I'm not, you know, I know that sometimes facilities are between a hard place and a rock. Um, It could be something as simple as having task force where, you know, uh, you have somebody come and speak to your staff. It could be somebody that's already on your staff. Um, It doesn't mean that you have to ship anybody any place or take the hotels. Yeah, there are lots of ways to get creative here. Yes, get very creative. So we are running a little bit low on time, but I do want to ask you one more question while I've got you. In a recent ACTUS survey, the majority of respondents said that if they could eliminate one aspect of their role, it would be reviewing cases with no opportunity. When you were a CDI, did you ever see CDI specialists with low job satisfaction because they're just sort of looking for cases with opportunity? How can CDI managers support their team in doing more meaningful work? just goes back to the job satisfaction you're talking about. So I think it's a great question to ask. It is. Uh, And you know, there's nothing that, unfortunately, talk about lack of education. The next thing that would probably come up on that list is not putting what you have to work. So back in the day, to be very honest with you, when we reviewed medical records for just opportunities, it did become very stale and very redundant. Um, Most people want at least, you know, a variety in what they do or a challenge in their day-to-day job. And that could get very, very stale. So this is where they, you know, spend a good portion of their day. We want to make it interesting. We want to add things to it. A lot of nurses, I'm going to be very honest with you, they're adrenaline junkies. Um, (laughs) They are. They're used to doing, you know, saving lives day-to-day, working in an area where, you know, what you do on a daily basis could be the difference, honestly, between somebody having a very wonderful recovery or not, or, you know, could be even more drastic. So they do need different rewards when we come to CDI. When you back off and get into a desk job, it we need to do something else. We are type A personalities. We have to be challenged. The good thing about this position is that there are things that continue to change over the years. Um, We have gone from basically just looking for these opportunities, you know, of looking for CCs and MCCs to reviewing for different things like mortality reviews, uh, quality. If you get your CDI departments into quality, working with the quality department, working with case management on different things like medical necessity. We've branched out from just inpatient to outpatient. We now um, are educating CDIs about HCCs. So there's a lot of different things that they can do. And I'm certainly not suggesting that um, you add to the caseload so dramatically that you're spending two hours on a review, but make it interesting. Add little things here and there that they would do if you're not, if you can't do it on a day-to-day basis, at least overall, get them involved in other things. Um, Get involved in some of the committees, get in, you know, have some of your staff be involved with some of the ACTUS committees. Um, It doesn't have to be anything that takes up an extreme amount of their time. It could be something as simple as helping plan the the conference. So um, if you don't have the opportunity to do things like quality or 
um, PSIs or HCCs or expanding it that way, get them involved in some of the outside things like Actus. Get them involved with educating each other something. Because I will agree that when you only review charts day in, day out, and all you're looking for is opportunities, and that's all they're expecting you to do, it does get a little bit boring. So add a little bit to the mix, I think. Yeah, variety. Absolutely. There's so so many opportunities out there in the CDI profession to help one another. Like you said, whether it's through Actus or through other venues, that I think that is a really great suggestion and a really great, great way to keep CDIs active and engaged and involved and not just going through the motions. Yeah. Set the standards that they have to take the CCDS or the CCDSO or whatever it might be. Um, it could be this, you know, the CRC exam, whatever it might be. Um, have them speak at a conference, you know, maybe start off on a, a smaller conference level, like um, the outpatient symposium or, you know, one of the ones that we present during the summer. But then, you know, maybe in a year, have a couple of them present at the national conference or submit for it. Like, sure. Add some variety. Yep. And there, and with variety and that level, there just comes so much room for growth. So thank you so much, Sharm, for your time today. This has been such a great conversation, um, but unfortunately we are out of time. As always, if our audience has any questions about the topic, you can feel free to email the Actus team at actus-inquiries at simplifycompliance.com. We'll also put that email in today's show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app, so you can grab it from there. Again, thank you so much, Sharm. We really appreciated having you on today. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. As always, there's a lot going on at Actus, so here's just a brief rundown. For all of you outpatient CDI professionals out there, it's not too late to join us for Actus Online, CDI Symposium for Outpatient Efforts. This virtual event begins December 6th and offers three days of learning focused on reimbursement, coding, and documentation rules governing healthcare outside the hospital walls. Hear firsthand how program leaders and staff have structured their outpatient efforts, obtain tools related to outpatient policies and procedures, CDI staffing structures, and query processes, get tips and best practices for provider engagement in busy physician practice offices, and learn how to implement metrics to ensure productivity, quality, and return on investment. Some of the topics we'll explore also include risk adjustment, ambulatory CDI, burnout, denials, and query compliance. Plus, attending the live event allows you the opportunity to earn up to 11 CEUs before the year is over. Learn more and register today using the link in today's show notes. Additionally, Actus is currently accepting applications for its annual Actus scholarships, but time is running out. The Actus CDI scholarships offer a variety of gifted educational experiences depending on your experience level. In the past, Actus has awarded three scholarships each year. This year, we're adding a fourth scholarship named in honor of our friend and colleague, Melissa Varnavis, whose untimely passing this year left a hole in the entire Actus community. A large part of Melissa's role was planning the Actus National Conference, and her joy brought life and light to the event each year. In her memory, Actus will now award a conference scholarship named after her. The four scholarship opportunities this year are Introduction to CDI, scholarship, which includes a one-year Actus membership, enrollment in the Actus CDI Apprentice Program, professional development, which includes registration to an online CDI bootcamp of the recipient's choice, outpatient CDI scholarship, which includes registration to the Actus Symposium Outpatient CDI, 
and the Melissa Varnavis Scholarship, which includes registration to the ACTUS National Conference. Whether you're looking to get started in your career or gain knowledge in a new area of CDI, or go and network with your peers, we encourage all to apply. Eligible applicants are those actively working in the CDI field who can verify their employment, and they must continue to work during the scholarship term to maintain eligibility. Those looking to get into the CDI field but who have finished the ACTUS CDI Apprenticeship Certificate Program can be considered for the Membership and Bootcamp Awards as well. ACTUS is looking for the best and brightest in the CDI field, taking candidates into consideration according to their time in the field, existing educational resources and budget, recommendation from peers, and overall application strength. In order to be considered, make sure to submit your application using the link in today's show notes by Wednesday, November 30th. Lastly, I wanted to give you all an update about one of my favorite parts of the ACTUS National Conference, posters and the ACTUS Achievement Awards. I'm excited to share that we'll be opening applications for the ACTUS posters and nominations for the ACTUS Achievement Awards in early December. As a reminder, selected ACTUS poster presenters receive $200 off admission to the conference as well as the opportunity to earn CEUs. Award recipients also receive a special discount. Furthermore, the ACTUS team is debuting a new award in honor of Melissa Varnavis. Keep your eye on the ACTUS website and CDI strategies for more details coming soon. And as always, you can find the link for more information about all of these updates in today's show notes. That brings us to the end of today's ACTUS podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, November 23rd for our next show focused on financial resiliency. You can listen to the show anytime on the ACTUS website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we'd really appreciate it if you'd take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by D.E.N. Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazar, both obtained from the Free Music Archive. If you have any questions for future guests or suggestions for topics, please email us at actus-inquiries at simplifiedcompliance.com. Until next time, take care, everyone.